Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. There behind the glass stands a real blade of grass. Be careful as you pass. Move along, move along. Come inside, the show's about to start. This was billed as the April 17th Tax Day edition of the Seth and Sean Sports Radio Show. Hi, Seth. I'm sure you're not the happiest of campers right now. Go bleep yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Would you like to give us a little update? Because I just saw this like eight minutes ago. And it's it's 721. How... How can they extend it now? It's like past day. It's like past the filing date. Because because the IRS website went down uh, for five hours today, so doesn't impact me whatsoever. But it was uh, it apparently it was quite a problem for a lot of other people. So they just announced that it's being extended about 20 minutes ago. Wow. Well, um, I got to say that's fortunate for some people, I guess. I mean, you you got the point of you're, you're cracking your head against the wall pretty much all day, and then when it doesn't go through, and then you finally got it through, or you didn't get it through, and then you're like, wow, that sucks. So I guess well, we're I at the really point where so, so you're done. You're done. <laughs> yeah, I'm still working, but I got about a half hour left. So. Okay, well, I, I was going to say congratulations. You've, you've you've finished another busy season, but I'll wait till tomorrow, <laughs> and then I can tell you that. Uh, you can call me at four o'clock when I wake up. A.M. or P.M. <laughs> tell me about it. <laughs> well, congratulations, and to all those that got your st- that I was going to say stocks. I got your tax note done today or before today. I count myself lucky in that regard because I have a terrific accountant that tells me all the time to get my stuff in early. He happens to be the other host of the show. But anyway, congratulations to all that got their refunds already. Thank you. Thank you very much. And for those that are still uh, belaboring the point of doing their uh, TurboTax tonight, which I uh, gave way about seven, six years ago now, and uh, who are crunching numbers at this late hour, I'm very sorry for you. But I guess that's the breaks. I mean, at least you're not late, right? I mean, you could the, – the IRS could have said, bleep you. You should have done it earlier and uh, screwed over a whole lot of people. But they didn't, and here we are. And I think it actually would have probably – and you tell me if I'm wrong. I mean, I'm obviously not the accountant. It would have made more of a headache for them that it would have been for anybody else because they would have had probably 20% more late filings, which means 20% more computations, send out mail, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They, they prefer that you're on time, I would think. Yeah, they do. It would have been pain. It would have been painful. There's no question about it. Um, but 
you know, what can you do? So well, you I can don't get know. you can get your stuff in on April first and not be worried at all. There you go. Not be worried at all. Anyway. Words, words, so words people, to live by. Words to live by. Do not procrastinate. Procrastination is bad. And uh, do do not procrastinate. Uh, so one month to go until my European trip, where we will have uh, shows in. Let me figure this out. We'll have shows in England the first week. We'll have shows in France the second week. The third week, I believe we will have a show in Munich, Germany. And then the fourth week, we'll have it in Madrid. That's a pretty good. That's a pretty good four country. I, I we probably had the show in like ten countries now, with with everything that's been going on. So, I, I think that's a pretty. Uh, unfortunately, it's ten to zero, me versus you. But you have a kid and one on the way, which I do not. So that is true. You have that. You and a wife. Sorry, and a beautiful wife. So last week was a little bit tough. We we didn't have a whole lot to talk about this week. We have a little bit more with the NBA playoffs starting, and we have some vacancies in the NBA coaching ranks. Uh, Steve Clifford getting fired. We have uh, Jeff Hornacek getting fired, Fred Vogel getting, Frank Vogel getting fired, and we already know that the Milwaukee job, who's being run by Jay Prutney, who is there down 2-0 in the playoffs, is probably going to be open as he is an interim coach. I know you probably have not. I know you have probably not been following the NBA all that much in the last couple of weeks. You've been kind of busy. Actually, I'm kind of actually. Yeah, it's actually it's the opposite because I've been working until about two a.m. every morning. Um, I've actually that's the only thing that's on. Okay, so, that's fair. I have been. Okay, so so we have the Knicks job. We do. Now, Jeff Hornacek gets fired. Jeff Hornacek probably should never have gotten hired. Um, Agreed. Because you put a coach with a system being told to play another system, being the triangle by Phil Jackson. Then Phil Jackson gets fired, but all the players are Phil Jackson players, including Frank Nicolatina. And now Hornacek is filled with a, a roster of players that are triangle-based for a non-triangle offense, and it was dead man walking this year. I mean, I don't think there was any way that Jeff Hornacek was keeping his job after this year. So, no, nope, I completely agree. So now we have the GM. Uh, I can't remember the guy's name. Scott Perry. Scott Perry and Steve Mills are hiring basically their first coach. And there are rumors out there, Mark Jackson, Dave Fitz. Fitzdale, David David Blatt. What are your thoughts on this? Because I think the NBA coach is one of the least most least most least important jobs in the NBA. Least important job before. in the sports. Yeah. Well, um, sorry, I'm <laughs> I'm just fried right now. Um, it do, it does seem to have because it does seem to have less of an impact in other sports because unlike in football or unlike even in baseball or hockey for that matter you can have a one person absolutely you know one person team could for all intents and purposes render a coach irrelevant 
you know, we've talked about this with Phil Jackson, you know, how great he was, but it's a lot easier to be great with Kobe, Shaq, and Michael. Can make you look great. Yes, absolutely. There's so much one-on-one. And and LeBron making Tyron Lue, pretty much, it doesn't matter. I mean, I don't think Tyron Lue has done that much better of a job than David Blatt. I just think Tyron Lue was a favorite of LeBron, while David Blatt was not. So, where do you think that the Knicks go with this? Is it Mark Jackson's job to lose? Because... I don't think Mark Jackson's the right guy for New York. And that's hard, me saying as a Knicks fan, with Mark Jackson being a legacy Nick. I just think when he, he had all the talent in Golden State and he wasn't able to put it together, and here we are with Golden State being the best team in the last three years. I don't know who the, co- the best coach is, to be perfectly honest. Is it a coach that's going – you have a team with very little talent that is it going to be difficult to recruit players in. And you're always doing more of a PR job than anything else because you have an owner that nobody wants to play for. You have a team with a very little talent, and you're in the biggest pressure cooker in the world where if you succeed, there is no ceiling. If you fail, there's no floor. And I don't really see much of a, I don't, I don't really see much of a in between at this point, Sean, and this is going to be happening throughout the show. I have to, I have to go on hold for a couple minutes. I'm sorry. Okay. That, no problem. We're still calling. You know, we, we extended tax season. So hence Seth needs to go elsewhere. Uh, with regard to Mark Jackson, I, I think you're right. I think it is a PR move. And if it is a PR move, Mark Jackson is the right guy. Because Mark Jackson will win the PR battle of New York. Now, unfortunately to me, I, don't, I disagree with what Seth just said. I don't believe that there's no flurry if you win in New York. I think winning in New York is probably the best feeling that a coach could ever have. I think if you ask Mike Woodson when he won, and Mike Woodson's another candidate for the job, another one I quite turn my head and go, huh? If you ask Mike Woodson, who won a playoff series, the last playoff series with the Knicks, with Carmelo, if he, if winning in New York did not bring a flurry of joy and and uh, grace and actually compliments from, from everywhere around the league, I think he would disagree. I think he, it, it does. I think if you ask Tom Coughlin winning in New York, you ask right now Mickey Calloway is the golden boy of New York with the Yank with the Mets twelve and two, how they're doing in New York. I think New York is if you're winning New York, there's no place in like New York. Now, Seth is right, if you're losing, there's no place in like New York either. You are rendered up you you are just rendered useless. And Jeff, like I said before, Jeff Hornacek was dead man walking. Now, there are a couple of other jobs that are open, as we said before. Charlotte is open. Milwaukee is open. Orlando is open. And there's always going to be one or two of those jobs that will just come back. And if I'm looking at the the rosters right now, Stan Van Gundy could, could certainly be, um, be told – you're either going to be the coach or the president of Detroit. 
and he picks the president, well, that will be vacant. I don't see Doc Rivers leaving the Clippers, although he's been rumored to be in the Knicks uh, basket as well. Doc Rivers, a former point guard of the New York Knicks. Uh, keep going down. J.B. Bickerstaff, I think Memphis will probably be open if, if it's not open already by today. Tom Thibodeau may get the same treatment by Minnesota. You're either going to be president or you're going to be the coach. It's very, very hard to be both. Billy Donovan, St. Brett Brown's face. Jay Triano of Phoenix. There have been um, talks that Mike Boltzolder, uh the coach of the Atlanta, Fal- uh, the Atlanta Hawks, has uh, had some interest in that job. So uh, Triano may be out of a job. You never know with Sacramento and Dave Jorger. And Scott Brooks and the Wizards, if they go out in the first round, you may see Scott Brooks as well. So those would be the uh, jobs that you may see open. Wow, that was weird. I guess Seth just joined us again. Wow, we're getting phone call. We're getting, ladies and gentlemen, I hope somebody picks up the I'm phone. I'm sorry, the call was not nope. answered. To try another extension, enter it now. To exit, press the star key. For assistance, press zero. Goodbye, Very and thank you for calling. Well, it's good to know that we were thanked for calling. Seth must have put us on hold, and that's exactly what happens at Caymans and Associates. When you're on hold too long, you're disconnected, which is good because for Seth and his partners, you shouldn't be on hold very often, and they are great accountants, so I don't see them on hold, see anybody on hold for very long. So those would be the NBA, NBA jobs that would still come into play. The best job is definitely Milwaukee. Uh, right now they have the interim coach in uh, Jay Prunty, 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 Joe Prunty, who is coaching that team, and they're down 0-2 in the playoffs right now to the Boston Celtics. Two uh, pretty good games. Pretty good is probably an understatement. Two overtime games, especially the first one where Chris Middleton hit a shot with zero seconds, like .1 on the clock, and to send it into overtime. They have the most talent of any of those teams. It's not even close. When you have Akatubo and you have Jabari Parker and Chris Middleton and Eric Bledsoe, you have some great talent. The question is, with regard to that team, is anybody going to be able to put that talent together and make them into a championship team? They have Every NBA team has a window. And right now their window, especially being a small market team, Acapatuco has um, two, more, two to three more years on that contract. Bledsoe has only one more year. Middleton has three more years. Bari is, uh, Jabari Parker is a free agent after this year. So they're going to either have to spend a lot of money coming up or they're going to have to win pretty quickly. But that is the team. As little talent as the Knicks have, and – Besides uh, Porzingis and maybe Tim Hardaway Jr. and Nick Alita, they don't have much talent, straight talent that anybody would want. The Bucks have the most talent, more than Orlando, more than Char- Charlotte is a dumpster dive, dumpster fire of epic proportions. And hopefully we can get Jared's whirling on the phone uh, at some point in the near future, probably before the draft, 
in which he is uh, a writer for Sports Illustrated. It seems like we actually have lost that. Isn't that lovely? So hopefully he'll dial back in. Also, this is going to be a very short show because I cannot talk for an hour for an hour straight. I know you guys think that I can, but in these days, lungs, back, all these problems, just not really going to happen. Like there, I just needed to take a break. So the Knicks have uh, a little bit of a of a of a talent crunch. So if I had to rank the jobs as it stood right now. I would say that Milwaukee is number one. Phoenix is number two if Triano is actually out of the job. Orlando is number three. Charlotte is number four. Uh, sorry, the Knicks are number four. And Charlotte is five. Charlotte just, they're capped out. Kemba Walker is a free agent after next year. And if he leaves, they'll still be capped out. They just won't have enough money under the cap because of some bad free agent decisions to replace Kemba Walker. So the question is at this point, do you re-sign Kemba and spend a whole lot of money doing it? Or do you just trade him and get back some talent? Now, if you do trade him, are you assuming that you would be able to dump one of those contracts, either Mike Gilchrist, Nicholas Batum, or Tyler Zeller, one of the Zellers, or one of the Plumleys. I always get those guys confused. Let's take a look at their uh, – let's take a look at their salary cap issues. So they have Dwight Howard on the cap for one more year. Hold on. Uh, it's, I can't get over here. So next year they have Batum, $24 million, Howard at $23 million, Marvin Williams at $14 million, Cody Zeller, I was right, it was one of the Zellers, uh, $13 million, Gilchrist at $13 million, and Kemba Walker at $12 million. That's a whole lot of... That's a whole lot of salary cap usage for not a great team. So the question is, will they be able to get rid of any of those? And they're on the hook for those for a very long time. I think they're capped out for the next three years. Bring that up right now. So they... Next year, they're up for already $118 million. And then in 2019 and 20, they lose Dwight Howard and Kemba Walker, which drops off approximately $30 million. So, but that's if you're dropping off your one all-star. So who knows if that will be able to do. But at the end of the day, that is the worst job. Because in 2019, 2020, if you're looking that far in advance, the Knicks ha- will have Porzingis, they'll have Tim Hardaway, and they'll have Nik- Nicolita, and their draft pick this year. That's it on the cap. So they'll have like $67 million used up, 
and they'll have approximately $60 million in cap room. That's not to say that they can't go and spend it and be stupid like they did with Yakim Noah in the last couple of years, but they do have the cap room. If it was, if it was up to me, and it's never up to me, I would tell NBA teams to really hold tight this year and not spend the room. I don't understand every single year we talk about tanking in every other sport, and we talked about it with the 76ers, and I know Adam Silver is against tanking. But if you look at the Knicks roster, they're not going to win. So how do you not promote tanking when it comes to the win? It just doesn't work that way. So the NBA playoffs are going on right now. We're still waiting for Seth Gaiman to to rejoin the show. And we have, as I said before, the Raptors are right now be- beating up on the Wizards. The Raptors up one nothing already. The Raptors looked really good throughout the first game of the series and now into the second. By the way, for those that are playing at home, the Mets, who had an awful game last night, awful, uh, 0-0, Top of the third, Washington has one on with uh, one out. So, with regards to the NBA, Milwaukee plays Boston again tonight. Game, game, uh, I thought it was game three. Man, maybe I'm losing it. I must be losing it. There's a whole lot going on right now in my life, so I'm sure I'm losing it. Hold on a second. So Toronto is up one nothing. Oh, Boston's only up one nothing. Why did I think that they played the second game? So they played tonight uh, at eight o'clock. Toronto is up one nothing, and they play. T- they're playing right now with the Wizards uh, losing by about ten. Philadelphia won last night, uh, lost last night to the Heat, and uh, they are tied at one. And they play Thursday night. The Cavaliers. Lost 98-80 to in the first game on Sunday, and it really did look like it was worse than that. The Cavaliers were down 20 points in the first quarter. I turned on the game with about five minutes left in the first quarter, and it was 30-10. to I don't think I've ever seen a Cavaliers team with LeBron James down in the first half, first quarter, 30-10. to I'm not too worried. I still think that the Cavaliers are going to win. Seth has rejoined the show. Seth, do you, uh, do you have any concern for LeBron and the Cavs after their thorough de- de- demolishment by the Pacers in the first game? No. No, not at all. Um, I, think, I think one of the great stats in, in basketball is up until that first game yesterday – did you know LeBron hadn't lost a first-round game in, like, 20 games? Like, he swept, like, five straight series in the first round. That's insane to me that he hasn't lost I a first-round game. I, in like, did, I did see that, which I thought was pretty crazy. Um, yeah. No, I mean, look, I think, let's be honest, Indiana feels a little bit disrespected here, and probably deservedly so. So you can't be that surprised um, that they came out, that, well, to be blunt, this angry. Um, doesn't mean, you know, 
I, I find it hard to imagine that they're going to lose this. But, you know, stranger things have happened. And it's, it's a team, it's a Cleveland team that's hard to, get a, hard to get a read of, hard to get a read on, for lack of a better term. Um, so I would, I would be surprised, and I, I'll be honest, if they lost, I don't even know who you would favor in the East. I don't have a clue. Hard, hard to have a great deal of faith in Toronto. Um, hard, hard to imagine Indiana. I, I mean, who do you even see outside of Cleveland? Well, I, I, I was going to make my picks for, for the playoffs on the show, so I was actually going to pick Toronto to go. Toronto looks very good, like very, very good. And I know in the past we've said they've looked good, but they haven't been able to play well in the playoffs. I watched game one. They were making that extra pass, which they've never done before. I mean, they came into this season determined not to play ISO basketball, and they haven't. They have surrounded DeRozan and Lowry with good players, good shooters, and and they were making four or five passes. They were, they were giving up shots. I mean, DeRozan and Lowry were, were liberally giving up shots as the ball was passed around the key. You, can't, you kept saying, you can shoot that, you can shoot that, you can shoot. Like, these are all wide-open looks. And they just made the extra pass every single time in game one. And right now they're blowing out the Wizards in game two. I think they go. I, I think they beat Cleveland handily. I don't think Cleveland has the defense to stop that much. Well, again, with Toronto, it's also it's a mental thing. It's not as much Agreed. a it's not a talent perspective. Now, Toronto, we don't we still don't know how from a you know Clem, like if, they, if they, not like if they if these two teams play each other. You know, LeBron is obviously the best player left. Kevin Love is still very, very good. The, the, what Toronto has – oh, Barbara Bush just died, which is kind of inevitable. But um, it's, Breaking news on the Seth and Show on Sports Radio Show. Barbara Bush just passed away. Continue there on. you go. Um, you know, the, the, the advantage of Toronto is their depth. They have a great second unit. The question is, can Lowry, you know, Lowry has taken a bit of a step back this year. Again, partially because DeRozan has been so good. And they've changed the offense. And, you know, credit to, to Dwayne Casey for being able to, um, for being able to change the offense and still have such a successful year. They're the second best team in the East. The question is, can they get out of their? They're, they're the best team in the East. The question is, can they get out of their own way? And the reality is, that's an that's a question that nobody's been able to answer with them yet. Correct. So, Absolutely correct. Well, okay, so they're up one nothing, and they're beating the they're beating the bejeebas out of Washington in game two. I foresee this going five games and Toronto winning, if not in the sweep. Yeah, I don't really have much of it, much of an argument on that. 
Um, but again, Washington, you know, Washington, it's funny, the Capitals and the, and the Wizards, it's such, a, it's, such a, it's such a familiar feel to it. Teams with, with a decent amount of talent and just cannot get out of their own way. In the, Washington cannot get out of their own way. Um, well, with, re, with regards to the Wizards, I mean, the Wizards lack front court depth. I mean, they look, do. they have Kelly Obrey, they have Kelly Obrey, they have Otto Porter, and they have Martin Gersat, Martin Gersat, along with Ian Mahami. At the end of the day, none of those guys strike fear. None. I mean, it's very rare. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking back, and I'm thinking way back, to a team – well, I guess, the, I guess you could say that Thompson and Curry, before Durant got there – were the one and two options for Golden State. I guess. Or Harrison Barnes. I mean, I, I get, I, I'm trying to figure out who the one and two would be on that team. But it's very rare for, for your top two players to be guards and for you to go very far in the NBA playoffs. I mean, Isaiah and Joe Dumars is the first one that came to mind. But other than that, I, I don't think of many. And you? Were the two best players were guards? I, I, I think... Option A, option A and option B were both guards. So your point guard and your shooting guard, which is the way that Washington has it. I have one a little bit more recent comparison. How about the okay. Pistons with, with Chauncey and Richard Hamilton? Okay. Now, yeah, Hamilton sure. kind of a free uh, combo. Yeah, uh, so so we're picking the so we're picking the one anomaly in the last thirty years of NBA basketball where there were no superstars, right? Yeah. So you could say Rashid Sean, was call, the number one. I'm call in from my other, Sean, I'm going to call in from my other phone. Give me two minutes. Okay. Okay. So you could say that Rashid was the number one option. You could say Chauncey Billups was the number one option. You could say Richard Hamilton was the number one option. All on different days. These guys can all be different options. And uh, it's funny because I figured Seth was going to go there because it's the one team that not only ruins my argument that a number one and number two could be guards, but even more so, they were an anomaly that they really didn't have a number one or a number two for the entirety of the playoffs because it kept switching around. But when you look at the when you look at the Wizards, I don't see how unless Otto Porter becomes a down low post presence or is able to really play inside that they are going to succeed in the playoffs at any at any point. And I say that because you have two guards that do drive to to the basket. You have Bradley Beal and you have John Wall. Two very good guards. In fact, two beyond good guards. Wall may be an all-NBA all team this year, and Bradley Beal is in the running. But the fact is, when it comes down to the NBA postseason, the game's played slower. The game's played in the paint. And there is no paint other than Otto Porter, Martin Gersat, and Ian Miami and Kelly Obrey. None of those guys strike fear. So when Seth says 
that Washington has a whole lot of talent. He's absolutely right. They just don't have it in the right places. And the question is, at some point, what do you do about that? Do you trade a John Wall? Do you trade a Bradley Beal? Knowing that you've gone as far as you can with the players that you have. And, and similar to that, you look out west, I think the perfect comparison, and I'll get Seth's opinion on this in a little bit, excuse me, is Portland, where you have Damian Lillard and you have C.J. McCollum. And they were able to get a center in Jurczyk. And if Jurczyk is the guy that he's played this year to be, they have their middle guy. They have a guy that they can run the offense through. The West was just so difficult and is so difficult to play in that Portland is just not going to be able to get there. But we still have the – so we'll get um, we'll get sets. I mean, Portland was the number three seed this year, and still they'll probably get through the first round, but I don't see them getting past uh, the four seed in the playoffs. And the four seed is – sorry – the West is Oklahoma City or Utah. And we'll get Seth's opinion on this when he gets back on in a couple of minutes. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been a rather tough day for Seth, uh, given that if you just joined the show, uh, tax day is today. Seth's, day, Seth's uh, tax season is complete. However, the, the IRS decided to throw a little curveball due to the software not working. Yada, yada, yada. You, you guys don't need to be bothered. Basically, tax day was extended till tomorrow. So if you haven't filled out your tax forms, you've got one more day to go ahead and do that, and then we'll see what happens. I'm always interested in seeing the Mets games. We, we changed the show to 7.30, which means that the Mets game started at 7. Last night was an ugly, ugly game. If you, if you watched the last three innings, the first eight were great. Uh, sorry, first six were great. First seven were good. And Jacob DeGrom was well on his way to a beautiful game, and then the Mets bullpen pretty much stunk. They gave it all back, uh, losing to the Nationals. So it's 1-1 with the Nationals in two games. So hopefully my cable works, because that would be nice to know who's winning the game. And sorry, y'all, for a little bit of an interruption as – I have been talking by myself for the majority of the show. So the Mets are down one nothing. They have first and second on with 0-2 count, and it looks like that Cespedes up two out, uh, one out, 0-2 count, pitch on the way from Gio Gonzalez, and that's a bouncer and probably a double play ball. Five, four, nope, just five to four. So first and third, two outs, and Bruce comes up, and. Man, Cespedes is having one of those really, really awful starts. It's really cold on the East Coast, so that may have something to do with it. Wilmer Flores comes up, batting a whole 185 so far this year. So let's get back to the NBA. So we have some predictions coming. So let's go through these. The the series is one nothing. And I said that I was definitely taking the Celtics continue on over Milwaukee, although I think that's going to be a really, really long uh, six to uh, six to four. 
Uh, one nothing still Washington after three. So Toronto I have beating Washington in four to five games. Boston beats the South beats the Bucks. I'm gonna take him in seven. I think that's gonna be I think Milwaukee wins tonight. I'm gonna take Philadelphia over Miami and Bede comes back next game. Looks like Seth just got back on. Hello, Seth. I'm good so we were just making I'm good our the rest of the show. All right, you're also mum- you're also echoing, so we got to figure out that part. Uh, All right, so- hold on, you're on blue- I'm on Bluetooth, so All right. bear with me. I'll get I'll get off of it. Okay, so we're making our predictions. So I have uh, Toronto over Washington, as I said before, in five games. Okay, makes sense to me. I agree uh, in five. I have Boston over Milwaukee, but I have that going the full seven. Yeah, I kind of agree with you. I think Boston's going to find a way to gut out another ridiculous one. I don't know if you talked about the game on Saturday. The ending was unbelievable. I talked talk briefly about it. I said that of all the jobs that, the, that are going to come due in the NBA this offseason, the Milwaukee job is by far the best one the most talent. Uh, uh, they have contracts. This is the prime of their guys, including uh, Middleton yep. and and Akabituko. I can never pronounce the guy's name, so I just keep making up different names. I can't either. I don't even think it's his prime yet. I think it's the way beginning of his prime. Um, there's only one problem with your theory on that being the best, being the best job. Okay. You have to live in a you have to live in Milwaukee. Well, okay. Your other choices are New, I mean, New York or Phoenix, among others. True. Or Charlotte. So, okay, I, but I still I think agree with that you. Boston, is, I, Boston guts, his, Boston guts his way, guts its way to the uh, to the what do you call it to the um, to the second round. Yeah, but I think that's the end of Boston. So. I got Philadelphia over Miami. Miami won last night, 113 to 103. But Embiid comes back in the next game. And if you haven't seen Ben Simmons play basketball, ladies and gentlemen, this is the time to watch Ben Simmons play basketball. I had not watched one 76er game with him in it this entire year. And I've watched the first two playoff games with him. When, when we used to talk about LeBron being Magic Johnson and being just a bigger Magic Johnson, Ben Simmons is Magic Johnson. I mean, for all intents and purposes, he's a 6'10 point guard. That's what he does. He brings the ball up. He runs the break. He's got passes just like Magic. It's, look, it's hard to compare anybody to Magic Johnson. But he's the guy. He's He's... He's a special talent, and I think that Philadelphia wins in six. Yeah, I'll tell you, I think I think Milwaukee would give would actually give them more problems than Boston will. Boston is just Boston guts its way through this series, just on, on pure chutzpah, for lack of a better term. And I'll be honest, I probably should go with Milwaukee. I do think Milwaukee would give Philly a lot more problems 
I think Milwaukee, Philly is way too athletic, way too athletic uh, for Boston at this point. Without, I mean, Wait, so are, all year, are you Irving's out. It just doesn't work. So you're taking Philly over Miami? I am. Um, okay. Miami, That's where we started. Yeah, Miami had Miami a nice throwback game, but I like Philly in probably six. Okay. And I will take Cleveland in Cleveland in six over the Pacers. I think they win on the Pacers' home court in six games, uh, setting up um, the – Really, it's all chalk, right? It's one and four and two and three. Yeah, no argument. For me, it's going to be the three and four teams are going to move on. As I said, Philly's just way too athletic for Boston at this point. And until until LeBron doesn't go to the finals, I need a, I need I, I don't know how you pick against him. Well, I don't want to look. I will pick against one game. Well, I will pick against them. <laughs> I will. I will. I will pick Toronto over LeBron uh, in seven games, as Toronto does have the home court, and I'll take Philly over Philly over uh, Boston, Boston in that series in six games. Philly wins on their home court as well, and then I got Philly and Toronto, which, you know what, if if. Precedent holds this year. This is Philly's year, and Philly will just continue to win. And it'll be very hard to shut down Ben Simmons with the height. But I think Toronto. I think Toronto does it. I think Toronto makes the NBA Finals. I think. I think the winner of Cleveland Toronto goes. I'm still not. I still need a little bit more convincing that Toronto's ready for this. They should. Be. Okay, that's fair. They're good. They're, they're talented. You know. DeRozan has to be the all-NBA player that we know he can be. Um, but I, I like Cleveland. Not that I like Cleveland. I don't particularly like Cleveland. But to me, it's the logical pick. And I just think, I, I don't think Philly's ready. It still kind of reminds me of Orlando in 95 when they went to the, when they kind of fell into the finals and played, uh, you know, it was Shaq and Penny. And then they played Houston. And they just got annihilated. And I don't think they, Cleveland annihilates them, but I think Cleveland wins. Cleveland wins in six. Okay, so let's move on to the West and Houston against Minnesota. Look, Minnesota played them really tough, 104 to 101 uh, yesterday, but I think this that that's where it ends. I think this ends in five games. I don't know. I. Have- I was thinking about this. I hate this matchup for Houston. I really do. And I can't take Minnesota to win this. But I think I'm going to take Houston in six. I wouldn't be surprised if this went seven. Remember, Minnesota was the three seed until Butler got hurt. Sure. And I don't love Houston. You know, I don't. I think Minnesota kind of threw away Game One. Towns was just not involved enough. And, and Minnesota is one of the rare teams that has the athleticism to keep up with Houston. I I think Houston wins, but I really don't love this matchup for them. You know, it's interesting. There are two teams in the NBA in the NBA this season 
that have title aspirations. We just spoke about the one and two, and I know I'm backtracking, the one and two being guards. You look at both Houston and the team that, while you were gone, I compared Bradley Beal and John Wall to being in Portland because I think they're a perfect comparison to C.J. McCallum and Damian Lillier. Like, I think that is a perfect comparison, one and two. But we view, I think the supporting cast of both Portland and Houston is far greater than what you get in Washington. I think they built around them a lot better. And by, by Portland, they made a great trade last year in getting Nurchek. Sorry, you faded out a little bit. But I, no, I, I kind of saw where you were going with it. Yeah, you have the two. I mean, the difference is the backcourt in Portland seems to get along a little better than Wall and Beal down in Washington. But neither one really has the front court. Now, again, I think it's a running disaster. Um, yeah, Seth, you keep breaking in and out, buddy. We can't really hear you. So, with regards, yeah, we, we, we're not hearing anything you're hear saying. It. Well, that's okay, the first part on. I'm hearing. So with regards okay. to we we have a we have a couple of matchups like like you said I think that Washington is going to have to break up Bradley Beal and John Wall I think one of them is going to have to be traded because I just don't think that that partnership works and I don't think they've built around them when you go to when you look at Houston since we're doing a comparison Houston actually has a coach that is working around those two guys and has filled the team with shooters where they can work to the, to the advantages of those two. Now, I don't think the Rockets are going to make the finals. I think the loss, and I can, another guy I can never pronounce his name, Maham Boots Mahed, uh, uh, I can't, he played for UCLA, the 6'10 guy, that's a small forward. You even know who I'm talking about? All right, I'm not sure if we lost Seth. We did lose Seth. All right, I'm going to get this guy's name because I can never pronounce it, and he's hurt. Luke Maba Amut. So Luke Mahab Amut was perfect for this team in that he played defense, and he was the stopper on the defense. And this is what he's good at. He, he's, he's a 3D guy, and he's out up to four weeks with a shoulder separation that he actually got – in the last regular season game, that meant absolutely nothing to nobody. And unfortunately, they lost him for up to four weeks. And I think that's a big loss for Houston. So I still think Houston's going to win the series, and I said in five games. I may reconsider that to six. Seth is right. This is a really tough matchup, but I'll take six. Golden State beat San Antonio. They've beaten them by... 21, and last, yes, uh, and yesterday they beat him by 15. Uh, I, I don't think there's any shot for San Antonio to win this, win this series. They just don't have the firepower without Kawhi Leonard, and that's another situation to keep their, your eye on for the, uh, for the offseason, whether Kawhi is going to get traded or not, because I'm not sure what he's going to do. Then you have Portland and New Orleans. 
and I'm I'm really interested in learning Seth's observations on this. The Pelicans beat the Blazers 97 to 95 in the first game. This is the this is a bad matchup for Portland. Anthony Davis at Drew Holiday. This is a bad matchup. These guys are really tall and really long. The the Pelicans. I'm going to take Portland. I'm still going to go with chalk. And I don't know why I'm going with chalk, but I'm still doing it. I'm going to say Portland in seven. Now we move on to Oklahoma City and Utah. The Thunder winning the first game by eight on Sunday. Wow, the Mets are down now three to nothing in the fourth inning. And so the Jazz, the Jazz losing by eight, the Thunder winning. I'm going to take the Thunder in, in six games. I just don't think the Jazz have the firepower either. And, again, that sets up chalk. And, you know, in, in the NBA playoffs, a lot of it does go by chalk. So you have Houston against – excuse me, Houston against Oklahoma City, which I think is a fascinating matchup. I think they will exploit uh, Carmelo Anthony. I think the loss of Andre Robertson – He's going to rule its ugly head right here. And I will take uh, Houston. And then it's the 2-3 between Golden State and Portland. I'm going to take Golden State. But if Curry's not back in week in, in the second round, I think I'm taking Portland. I like Portland. I, like, I, I don't like their first-round matchup against Anthony Davis. But I think they're a, a tr- – again, what they, what they have is something that Bradley Beal – and John Wall lack, which is a number one center that the offense could flow through if necessary. And I'll, you know, let's assume that that uh, that Stephon Curry is back, and thus I will take Port- that's why I will take Golden State. But I really think that Portland's got a shot in that. And then in the finals, you have Golden State versus Houston, and I'm going to take Golden State. And unfortunately, well, we have a one versus a two. In the NBA Finals, Toronto versus Golden State. And I'm going to take Toronto to win the whole thing. Look, I know Seth is saying they have their yips, they have your yangs, they haven't proven it yet, and he's absolutely 100% right. They haven't. And I think this is the year. I think Toronto brings home the NBA title for the first time in NBA history the title goes outside of the United States and into Canada. Okay, so we got eight minutes left. We're going to end a little early unless Seth calls back because I've been talking for a while. Uh, condolences out to New York Ranger fans, and that's hard for me to say. Let me tell you flat out, that is hard for me to say that I have condolences out to the Ranger fans. But – it's true. It's absolutely true. The Rangers lost a loved one today, and John Amarani. He was the singer of the national anthem for the New York Rangers for umpteen years. I mean, he retired in 2015. But over and over and over again, it, I've sang the national anthem at sporting events, and it's not easy. You got to get some high notes. You got to get some low notes. Basically, you just got to be confident enough for you to belt out what is one. Oh, looks like Seth is back. 
So we'll just bring him back on for the last eight minutes. So, Seth, I, I, was, just talk, I was just talking about John Amaranti and the passing away of a legend, uh, the singer for the Rangers. So just to briefly recap, um, I picked Toronto over Golden State in the finals. I think that really? the Pelicans ver- – yeah. I think that the Pelicans series versus Portland – is really, really difficult. I picked, I picked Portland over them, and then I said if Curry was back, I'd pick Golden State over Portland. But if Curry's not back, I'm picking Portland over Golden State. See, and, and I, I like New Orleans And I like New Orleans over Portland. But I have Toronto. Um, I have Toronto going. Yeah, I have Toronto going the whole way. Yeah. I mean, to me, I like New Orleans is an awful matchup for Portland. Awful. Because Drew Holiday is such a good defender when he's healthy. Um, Anthony Davis is one of the five best players in the league. Portland simply doesn't have the front court to keep up with him. Um, I if New Orleans, I, I mean, look, I think inevitably it's, it's going to end up being Houston and Golden State. And I like Golden. Yep. I I just I don't have confidence in Houston until I until I there's a reason to. Um. I think New Orleans gives I think New Orleans gives Houston a pretty good battle. In the in the second round, um, you know they could run through quickly the four or five. I don't think Oklahoma City gives. I mean I know people have talked that they beat Golden State three out of four. I I don't see it. I just don't see it. Um, I like Golden well, State. Well, they're not going to play. Wait, they're not going to. They're not. They're not going to play Golden State. They're going to play. They're going to play Houston. They're the four or five plays the one. So they would. Put, oh, you. Oh, you have. Right. Oh, that's right. You're the Pelicans winning. Sorry, you're the Pelicans winning. Yeah. Those, now here's the. And and this is why I said I don't have confidence in, um, the Rockets, because Luke Luke. I can't pronounce the guy's name ever. Hold on. Let me get this guy's name. Luke Mabute, who's their 3D guy, who's shooting like 40% yep. from three. He, he popped his shoulder out on the last day of the regular season and is out for four Wait, weeks. Ariza's their 3D guy. No, not the, believe it or not, not this year. Abute's been playing. Abute's been, they are very deep, and Abute's the one that leads that second that second team, he's their guy. He's he's the defensive stopper. But anyway, I don't think they get past Golden State. And then I have Toronto. I think Toronto wins. I just think they are really, really good, and they've learned how to play. And you said you can't believe them until you see them. Well, sooner or later, we've seen this many times before. You have to lose before you win, right? You have to push through. Yeah. Each team that we've each team that has won an NBA championship, no team has come out and just said, I'm in. They've each pushed. And I think Toronto has pushed. And now I think it's time for Toronto to push it to the next level. And I got them I got them beating Golden State in the finals. In in what will be, in my opinion, a very a very well a very watchable finals. Like I yeah, will enjoy the finals enjoyable. watching those two teams. I would, I would, I will love watching two teams play basketball like those two teams do. 
And I would say ABC or ESPN would be pretty happy with that, that matchup. Uh, San Francisco oh, yeah. and Toronto would work, would work pretty well. Um, no, I have no problem with it, and I'd like to see it as well. Look, I have no affinity for Cleveland. Um, you know, the pro- I just think LeBron is – LeBron has gone to what, nine straight finals. I mean, yep. it, it's a ridiculous stat. And if there's ever, and if there was a dominant, if there was a, if Toronto had shown anything in the playoffs over the years against them, I'm not saying that they would have beaten them, but they really, it's, just, it's a difficult team to have a great deal of playoff confidence in. Because you know, when you think about some of these teams, some of these teams, you talk about the Bulls in the '80s. You know, well, number one, they lost the first year in the 86 Celtics to the greatest team of all time. Then they lost in the second round. Then they lost in the, in the conference finals to, to, to Detroit. They played some really magnificent teams, a really difficult, difficult teams to, wait, to move their way up. Toronto kind of, I mean, they've lost to Cleveland every time, which is a very good team, but, you know, I don't see the progression. So, you know, to me, when you break through, it's based upon progression. I don't know if we've seen that really with Toronto yet. So, it could very well be, look, if there's ever a year for this to happen, this is it. Boston should be replenished next year. Philly is going to be a year older and a year and a year tougher. We don't know what Cleveland's going to be, to be perfectly honest. So, this is, you know... If I'm if I'm Toronto, you know, in my mind, this is kind of a this is the all or nothing. Prop, this is almost an all or nothing proposition. It really is. Uh, all right, Seth, you got two minutes to go. I already gave my last five minutes while you were gone, so go ahead. You got two minutes. Well, six years in, lost a little hair, gained a little gained a little belly. Um, Gained a wife, gained a kid, got a second kid on the way. Um, it's been an interesting run since I started this company. I want to thank all my friends and family who's kind of supported me through this and know that I'm not the easiest person to deal with during this time of year, or as I've been told continuously by my wife, I'm not the easiest person to deal with. But more than people have had the confidence to work with me, I know he's dealing with people. I know, I know we're not really talking about sports, but, you know, it's dealing with people with people's most personal things. So just want to say that I appreciate it and, you know, and I appreciate working with me. I appreciate the people who refer me. And now I can go back to having a normal life for the next 10 months and just concentrating on the, on the World Cup and the NBA playoffs. Woohoo! Sounds good. Okay, for Seth Kamins, this is Sean Palmer, Back Sports Page, Blog Talk Radio. Remember, next week, 90-minute show, it's our chance to pick – the wrong NFL draft. We do it every single year, year. <laughs> and we do it and we do it wrong every year. But take your shot with us. We'll post it online somewhere. But stay tuned next next week. Our favorite show of the year, the the NFL draft. Okay, everybody, have a great week and get your taxes in by tomorrow. Ha ha. See you, everybody. Have a good week. Peace out.